Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. We're online at kpcg.fm. And we have a live link at thetrumpet.com as well. And, of course, all of our programming here on KPCG is available in podcast form, too. So if you'd like to listen to it at your leisure, you can do that. And uh, all the podcasts are available for the programming here on KPCG. If you were to ask an average person what they remember from the Bible, one event that would probably be mentioned is the Exodus Even if they haven't really looked at the Bible, maybe they've seen a movie about it or some paintings or drawings, things like that. It's very much um, something that people have discussed over the years. And as you'll recall, God miraculously freed ancient Israel from bondage in Egypt. God led them out of Egypt through the leadership of Moses and, of course, performed many miracles to ensure that they could come out of Egypt. And so people have at least some understanding of that, at least on a a certain level. But how many people think about the second exodus? How much do they think about the second exodus? How much do we think about it? This is another miraculous and massive exodus. And this one's coming in just a few years ahead of us. There is a second exodus that the Bible talks about. And we should be very interested in it because it very much impacts our nation's Let's notice this passage here in Isaiah 27. We have a few verses to look at today that really discuss this second exodus. And let's look at this one in Isaiah 27. If you have a Bible handy, it'd be great to look at these with me. Isaiah 27 and verse 12, it says, And it shall come to pass in that day that the Eternal shall beat off from the channel of the river unto the stream of Egypt, and you shall be gathered one by one, O you children of Israel, He's talking about the descendants of Israel. That's the United States, that's Britain, and that's other Western nations. You can read about that in the United States and Britain in prophecy. Verse 13 says, And it shall come to pass in that day that the great trumpet shall be blown. So it's talking about the time that is just ahead of us now, this end time, this trumpet being blown, signaling the return of Christ, that seventh trumpet. It says, The great trumpet shall be blown, and they shall come which were ready to perish in the land of Assyria, in the outcasts in the land of Egypt, and shall worship the Eternal in the Holy Mount at Jerusalem. And so when we understand that this is just a little ways ahead of us in time, it's a miraculous event, but then also we say, well, okay, well, what what caused the descendants of Israel to be in this position where they're enslaved and they need to be freed? Well, there's problems that are on the horizon because of the sins of Israel. And of course, you can read a lot about that in Matthew 24, where Christ lays out a timeline of events that are ahead of us and uh, some history there as well, but also many events to occur uh, just in the not too distant future. And so in Isaiah 27 here, we see a great second exodus a great second exodus, the modern-day descendants of the ancient 12 tribes of Israel will be regathered from the nations that have been holding them in slavery. 
And this process begins at the last trump. And the last trump is when Christ returns and his first fruit saints are resurrected or they're changed if they're still alive at that time to eternal life in the God family. And you can read about that in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 52. So here we understand the time frame. And we can see that there's a great enslavement of the descendants of Israel, the modern-day descendants of the ancient 12 tribes. There's a great captivity. And again, it's because of the sins of mankind. And we can see things getting more intense today in many countries in the United States, Australia, Britain. Things are getting more intense. And there are more and more problems. And it's leading to some even more serious problems. But then the great hope is the return of Christ and a great second exodus. Notice Isaiah 10. Isaiah 10, verses 20 through 22. It says, And it shall come to pass in that day, so again we're talking about that end time, that the remnant of Israel and such as are escaped of the house of Jacob shall no more again stay upon him that smote them, but shall stay upon the eternal, the Holy One of Israel in truth. The remnant shall return, even the remnant of Jacob, unto the mighty God. Of course, Jacob was Israel's name before he was converted. They haven't been converted yet. The remnant of Jacob. Verse 22 says, For though your people Israel be as the sand of the sea, yet a remnant of them shall return. The consumption decreed shall overflow with righteousness. And you look around at the modern descendants of Israel today, they are like the sand of the sea. The populations are large. It's going to be pared down. There's going to be a remnant of Jacob, and they're going to return. They're going to be brought out of captivity in this second exodus. So when we look at what will happen here, many modern descendants of Israel will have died in the years just preceding this second exodus. But here we see that a remnant shall be brought out of captivity. And these people will now be humbled. They're going to be ready to obey God. They're going to be ready to be taught. Whereas today they resist. And they don't want to hear God's truth. They don't want to apply it. But they'll have a different attitude after what they've gone through. After that captivity, the attitude will be completely different. They'll be childlike. They'll be teachable. And they will have learned some very hard lessons about what rebellion against God leads to. See, it's a, it's a hard lesson to learn, but it will be learned, and it will produce wonderful fruit. Notice Isaiah 11. Isaiah 11, we'll look at verses 11 and 12. More passages talking about this second exodus, giving us a full picture. It says, And it shall come to pass in that day that the Eternal shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people. See, it's the second time because he already did it once when he brought our ancestors out of Egypt. It says, Which shall be left from Assyria, and from Egypt, and from Pathros, and from Cush, and from Elam, and from Shinar, and from Hamath, and from the islands of the sea. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations, and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel, and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. You see that the tribe of Judah is included in this as well. That's one of the tribes. They're included as well. They're dispersed. They're enslaved. Many nations. Four corners of the earth. But God brings them out. He brings that remnant out in the second exodus. 
Can you imagine the sight that that will be? All of those people. It'll be a remnant, but still, that's quite a large number. Verse 16, it says, And there shall be an highway for the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria, like as it was to Israel in the day that he came up out of the land of Egypt. So it's hearkening back to that first exodus. And the second exodus is going to be a huge amount of people. The Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course, which is free at thetrumpet.com. And if you don't have it, please sign up for that and, and take the course and enroll in it. But it says modern-day descendants of the 12 tribes of Israel, including but not limited to the United States, Great Britain, and the nations of Northwestern Europe, will go into captivity before the second coming of Jesus Christ. They will be downtrodden, starving, afflicted, and hated by all nations, but God will deliver them out of their national captivity. So again, it's going to be hard. It's going to be a hard time, and it's going to really change the thinking and the mindset of these people, and they're going to learn some difficult lessons. It's easier to learn today, but most people shrug off these warnings if they hear them. They shrug them off and think, well, I don't think that'll happen in my time, or I'll think about that later. But these times are coming. God prophesied it. It's God's word. And there's great hope, even though there is, of course, correction. There's punishment. But there's, there's great hope coming as well. And we always have to see that big picture. Everything in God's plan has hope in it. But there is correction along the way. Notice Jeremiah 16 verses 14 and 15. It says, Therefore, behold, the days come, says the Eternal, that it shall no more be said, The Lord lives that brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, but the Lord lives that brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands whither he had driven them. And I will bring them again into their land that I gave unto their fathers. So, again, the first exodus, as we talked about in the beginning, it's well known. Everybody knows about that. Whether they believe it or not, they're aware of it. And he says, this time is coming. People aren't even going to talk about that. <laughs> they're, going to, they're going to talk about the second exodus. They're going to say, the Lord lives that brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north. Again, that's that Germanic area. Europe there, and from the lands whither he has driven them. So they'll be in different locations. We've read other passages today that show that they're going to be scattered. But he's going to bring them back. God will bring them back and put them again in that promised land, that land that he gave unto their fathers. So after learning some very hard lessons about the bitter fruits of sin, having eaten those bitter fruits, okay, if we sin, this is, this is where it leads to slavery. You know, man doesn't rule his fellow man correctly, and there ends up being slavery and all kinds of horrible things. We want to be led by God, the perfect, the just, the righteous judge. That's what we want to be committed to. We want to be committed to him and under that rule, not under the rule of sin, which leads to death. These descendants of Israel, they're going to learn about the bitter fruits of sin and then they're going to be ready to really enjoy the fruits of righteousness. After that correction, 
there's going to be a, a changed attitude, a teachable attitude, and then God's going to be able to teach them how to really have and enjoy the fruits of righteousness. Very good things are on the horizon. So for a person that might say, well, that sounds like really negative news. I don't want to think about that. Well, it doesn't matter if we want to think about it or not. It's coming unless people repent today, and that doesn't seem too likely. But also the bigger picture is, look, after the correction comes, then comes all these blessings, blessings upon blessings. So we've got to see that whole picture. Notice Jeremiah 23, verses 3 through 8. This talks about some of those great blessings that are coming after this second exodus. Jeremiah 23, verses 3 through 8. It says, And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries whither I have driven them, and will bring them again to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. And I will set up shepherds over them, which shall feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall they be lacking, says the Eternal. They're going to have physical abundance. They're going to have spiritual abundance. They're going to have shepherds, ministry set over them that teach them the right way. Don't lie to them anymore and don't deceive them, as happens so often in this world. Verse 5 says, Behold, the days come, says the Eternal, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. Christ is going to rule. He'll rule, and he'll have kings under him, David being one of them. Verse 6 says, In his days Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name whereby he shall be called the eternal, our righteousness. Therefore, behold, the days come, says the eternal, that they shall no more say, again, we read this before in another passage, but here it's, it's emphasized again. The day is going to come where no more shall they say the eternal lives which brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. But, verse 8, the eternal lives which brought up and which led the seed of the house of Israel out of the north country. And from all countries, whither I had driven them, and they shall dwell in their own land. I mean, this is this is going to be a time of great abundance, great joy, healing from the the results of sin. The correspondence course says these people will not be changed to immortality when Christ returns, because they haven't had God's spirit, they haven't developed God's character yet. It says, but instead. They will be taken to the promised land as physical human beings. They undoubtedly will have heard the warning message of God's end-time church, proclaiming the terrible war and captivity soon to come upon the earth. But they didn't heed it. Consequently, they went into captivity. See, they heard the warning, and the warning's out there, but they didn't heed it. So they have to learn the hard way. They have to learn in a way that's much more difficult but they will learn it, and then they're going to be blessed. And God's going to bring them out of captivity. He's going to bring them out in a great second exodus and then set his hand to really begin to teach them and save them and offer them salvation. Their minds will be open to God's truth. They'll have access to God's spirit, and they'll be able to develop the character of God and prepare to be born into his family. But there had to be correction first. There had to be correction, and they had to learn, and learn the hard way that sin brings destruction. There's no other way that works other than to obey God's law. 
And that's a vital lesson. And it's a lesson we can learn today, but, but many people don't. Many people don't learn it until it's uh, much more of a difficult learning process. Notice Ezekiel 20, verses 42 and 43. It says, And you shall know that I am the Eternal when I shall bring you into the land of Israel, into the country for which I lifted up mine hand to give it to your fathers. Ancient Israel went into the promised land. The remnants of Israel that come out of slavery, that come out of of bondage in that second exodus, they're going to the promised land as well. Verse 43 says, And there shall you remember your ways and all your doings, wherein you have been defiled. And you shall loathe yourselves in your own sight for all your evils that you have committed. So they're going to repent and they're going to change and they're going to remember the mistakes and have learned the lesson that sin causes captivity, destruction, misery, and ultimately death, if not repented of. There are so many things today in society where people are just doing the craziest things. They're, they're, they're against God's law. That's what makes them wrong. And it's becoming increasingly evil and wicked. And Christ said it would be that way, just like in the days of Noah. Before the flood came, there was, there was just constant evil, and it was spreading, and it was growing, and, and we see that today. Well, after the correction, the people that come out in that second exodus are brought out. They're going to look back and remember, remember these times and think, wow, what were we doing? <laughs> what were we doing? How did we get so far away from the law of God? Why did we get into all this crazy thinking? Look, what led, look where it led us. Look what it, we became. They're going to remember that. And the remnant of Israel will have deeply repented of what they have done. And they'll shake their heads at it. How could we do that? They will understand that to move forward and be blessed, and to be happy and to have all that joy that they desire, that everybody desires, that they have to follow the law of God. See, that law is what causes blessings. It's not happenstance. It's not random. To really have lasting and sustained blessings, God's law has to be followed. You know, I mean, a person might sort of get physical gain in a way that's not lawful for a time, but it doesn't last. Real blessings that lead to eternal life, that comes from obedience to God's laws. And we can learn a lot when we study into the first exodus. We learn so much. And we do go through that in the spring every year during the days of unleavened bread. But then we also look ahead to the wonderful second exodus that is soon to occur. And we remember that as we head into this time of the year, the fall time when this is being recorded, when we celebrate God's fall holy days. And we look at that time when Christ returns. We look at the Feast of Trumpets and we learn the the significance of that day. And part of that is the second exodus, people being brought out of slavery and captivity and being given hope and being given people to teach them God beings that will be able to teach them the truth. The first fruit bride of Christ, they're ready to teach them and to help them and they're going to be ready to learn because of the difficulties they went through. And so we should study that first exodus, but we have to remember also this wonderful second exodus that is soon to occur.
in the very near future. If you'd like more information about this, you can request our free booklet, Pagan Holidays or God's Holy Dates, which that lays out God's plan of salvation for mankind every year and goes through the Holy Days. If we don't have that, we're lost. We don't know what God's doing. We don't know what his plan for man is, but those holy days keep us in remembrance of that plan. And the second exodus is part of that. Pagan holidays are God's holy days, which it's free at thetrumpet.com. Also sign up for the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. That gets into a lot of details as well. Fascinating study and a very hope-filled study as well. That's all the time we have for today on this edition of Live by Every Word. Thank you for spending some of your time with me. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.